Welcome back, everyone. This is Simon Phillips, and this is Leading the Field, the show, the podcast, if you like, that is powered by the GC Index. And we're here every week with people who are pushing the boundaries, people who are looking around them and finding opportunities to make a difference. And I'm really delighted to have a really good friend of mine from the last few years, Helen Rivero, with us today. Helen, it's lovely to see you. Oh, lovely to see you too, Simon. Super excited about being here too. Excellent. So, Helen, I know all of the magnificent things that you've done over your career, but the people listening or maybe the people tuning into YouTube and, and watching this don't. So, tell us a little bit of a potted history of how you got here. Sure, yeah. My, I mean, my, my background really has been in the world of HR for over 20 years now, which seems like a very long time. And uh, kind of falling into that career, really, uh, not really knowing what I wanted to do when I was sort of leaving school, I think left school and decided to do business studies. Is uh, It was a broad topic and, you know, maybe yeah. I would have enjoyed something there. And, and basically sort of started as an air hostess, actually. So I didn't go into HR ah. straight away. I was actually an air stewardess. So of all things, I knew when I was at school I wanted to travel and started off thought right okay well how am I going to travel I'm going to be an air hostess and uh, and that lasted about nine months because I realized that it actually wasn't for me as much as I thought it was about travel for any of you that start off as an air stewardess uh, you don't get to see many places so I, I kind of came back and, and thought what what I might do so yeah fell into the world of HR working for a friend and then sort of worked my way through lots of different organizations small medium size family run big aerospace companies and and really took a took an interest in the people side because I was really passionate about yeah understanding people and you know what what HR could do to help you know individuals and then really transitioned a bit more into learning and development um, and that's where I am working now because my passion is much more around people's potential um, and transformational HR than it is transactional so that's a little bit about it. <laughs> I, I'm sure you've skipped over whole loads of stuff there just to get us up to date but the, when you were working for the Aeros, was it aeronautical or aerospace you said? Yeah, so it was uh, Vosper Thornycroft, so an aerospace okay. company down in Bournemouth. So yeah, mm. so I started my second sort of HR role there. And uh, yeah, so that was a, a very different experience because it was huge, you know, thousands of individuals. And HR was a very different sort of beast in that type of environment. So yeah. very much sat on the computer looking at sort of harmonizations of contracts and uh, some really exciting stuff. <laughs> I remember I, I was I totally related to your point about not actually seeing places when you were doing the air hostess role. Yeah. I had a role way back when I was working with Anderson Consulting as as head of HR for Europe across the products division. Yeah. And it sounded incredibly glamorous because I was going to go off and see all the different people who were running the, the country functions. And literally it was airport hotel hotel airport home when it's like i didn't see I, I, and i visited some really exotic countries and didn't get to see any of them <laughs> yeah exactly and it's it you know it's very much the case that you're traveling a lot and you're thinking that you're seeing these places and i guess the more you do it in that kind of role you end up staying places longer yeah. doing longer haul and you know really making a life of it but for me short haul was just not the not the place it was too restrictive and I didn't really realise that until a lot later on as to reflecting back as to why I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. So it was an interesting one, for sure. <laughs> so learning and development and HR 
quite a combo really and and one in which i'm sure you've had plenty of opportunities to see people wrestling with the different challenges that they get in their careers and thinking through coming up to those points where they meet the the limit of their capability in the short term if you like and there's opportunities then to grow into new roles and new opportunities and is that the aspect of the work that you really love yeah absolutely i think when you work in you know an hr role you know there's so many different aspects to to any role but especially in hr you've got very sort of transactional contractual legal side of things and i and i always whichever role i was in and, and usually it was a hr generalist role i was always pulled into the sort of the people aspect what do people need what are they looking for how can we sort of get them to reach their potential and i, I was naturally drawn to sort of more learning and development even though some of the roles didn't really account for that there wasn't a, an L&D learning and development department but naturally I was I was moving you know and moving the role and shifting the role into sort of more around the people more about the culture more about the you know the way in which we uh, as an organization would treat our our staff and and that's what really got me thinking well actually there's actually learning and development as part of HR you know it was uh, it was a another department not just part of HR so I I thought well actually that's where I want to move to and that's you know where I ended up and where I am now really through a number of years you know it wasn't a, a, an easy transition mm. in the sense that it takes time you know when you transition from one career although it is still the same thing yeah definitely so where are you today so where am I working I am a learning development for a university down in Bournemouth so that is really transition. So I, this is my first sort of role in, in learning and development. And mm. yeah, I absolutely love it. It's it's great because I have a real passion for the younger generation, you know, making sure that they understand where they they are going and who they are. So I get to sort of work, you know, with students as well as sort of looking after the, the staff and the staff are also, you know, working with the students all the time. So there's a really lovely sort of thread from looking after my role is primarily looking after the, you know, the academic staff, technical and professional services staff. But actually, you know, a lot of those conversations are a result of, you know, what do the students want? What what mm. kind of experience do the students have with, you know, at, at the university? So it's a, it's a fantastic role, one that I really, really enjoy. And it's full immersed in learning and development. So that's really exciting. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. And, and I know that, you know, I've, we've spoken in the past about how much you, you just love to sort of be there at a time for young people when they're still trying to work out everything in life. And yeah. you know, that's a big part of, of what's driven you over the years, which is my clumsy way of transitioning into asking you a little bit about the Young People Index. Do you want to just introduce that? initially and then we'll we'll yeah. track back and find out where it all come from yeah absolutely so so the young people index is um a, an online assessment that really measures an individual's energy for impact so what do i mean by that i mean it measures a young person's energy when they work in teams or groups on projects in terms of the types mm. of tasks the types of work that they really enjoy and where their energy is you know or where they maybe 
have lower energy, which is, you know, very, very important for young people because it's not something that they are aware of when they're at school and going through that sort of educational, you know, process. So yeah. the assessment is online and it produces a, an online report that, you know, young people can can look at. And, you know, the insight has been fantastically informative for young people to make decisions about their futures. So that's about the tool. And just to ask you about the tool there, so that point in their lives where young people are learning so much, they're exposing themselves to, you know, an ever-expanding world, new life experiences, does anything change in the way that the that they show up in terms of the Young People Index? Yeah, I mean, every every individual profile is, you know, very different, which is really interesting for not only the individual, but, you know, their peer groups and their friendship groups. But I think, you know, when they're going through school, it's it's not something that they ever refer to. You know, what's your energy when you work in teams? It's not a, a conversation that ever happens, but it's starting to happen now through the Young People Index. And, you know, we do see young people that take the assessment and they're able to take it year upon year, which enables okay. them to look, look back at their previous reports and insight and then and sort of look at any sort of development or progression. And that, again, is, is very useful for them and to see themselves from a different perspective rather than just what's their academic status how well have they passed the exams what's their progress in terms of that it's it's a very different way of looking at things definitely and that was one of the things I loved about it when I was taking my two children through it mm. um, they both of them suddenly had a whole new world to consider beyond academia and, yeah. and I think that that was really valuable both of them are still in academic spaces if you like but they do have a bigger perspective on on the world yeah and i think it, it's so important it's one that when you're going through school and i mean you know my experience of going through uh school and and my career's advice was pretty lousy i have to say when i look back and i i, I you know when i came across obviously the gc index and, and then sort of we we looked at the young people index um i think it, it really sort of made me realize i wish i'd had something that was that had provided me with that insight about myself that was something that you know teachers and even the career sort of leads or career people within the school weren't able to do they didn't ask you know they asked you what you wanted to do which mm. is a very hard to answer question isn't it when you're younger but they didn't ask you know why if you had you know maybe a something to say or maybe a career or a job in in mind they didn't sort of say why and and i think that's a really important missing question is why do you want that because when you dissect the why you understand and you can discover a little bit more about what drives you and where that energy comes from which is again what the, the young people index can can do in terms of helping young people see that about themselves yeah, and you obviously went to a much better school than me because the only thing our careers teacher ever <laughs> asked me was, do you want to join the army? <laughs> it was, it was, so, was so limited, isn't it? You know, it's, it it's, a, it's a worry, really. But I do, you know, now I'm a school governor at my old school, my old secondary school, which is really great because I'm able to sort of see the progress in terms of, you know, especially around the careers, you know, department. You know, there, there's been a... a transformational change in terms of that but yeah I do remember a book in fact and somebody asking you know what do you want to what do you want to do and and I said you know referring back to the air hostess comment earlier I said I want to travel and they flicked through the book and said what about a travel agent why don't you be a travel agent and 
<laughs> I thought it was the most uninspiring job, you know, selling other people's holidays and never going anywhere and not ever seeing anybody that was sat in a travel agent looking excited and brown and just returning from a lovely holiday. So yeah. it, it's come a long way for sure. But um, that, that's almost like a, a very poor keyword key search, isn't it? <laughs> it's got the word travel in there. <laughs> exactly. Travel agent, you know, but I, I, I would imagine, you know, back then that there wasn't the, the training, you know, that there is now for people that are leading the careers, you know, framework in schools. So, you know, it's a lot better, of course, now, but still, still a lot to be done. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more then about your involvement with the Young People Index and you know how did it get started because I know that you uh, played a big role in that so maybe tell us a little bit more about what inspired you to get that get involved and get that off the ground. Yeah well it's a it's a lovely story and one that is really important to share because I think where something starts and you know that the reason for it is is very interesting for people because they can also relate to it so going back you know and talking about sort of the HR career and then realizing I wanted to move into learning and development so around seven or eight years ago I decided that I was going to go off and do my own consultancy I wanted to have the freedom to to do my own thing and work with organizations that I felt were more people-centric and more transformational so that was kind of my my sort of my feeling like that's what I want to do and I came across the GC index through a colleague uh, Perry Timms and he mentioned he was going to the game changer index accreditation and I thought what 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 is the game changer in that what is this GC index and I think at the time Perry wasn't entirely sure either and he'd gone through the accreditation and I was invited and at that time I, I also invited a friend of mine who was a teacher Christina and uh, she was interested she had been a teacher for a while she was interested in sort of you know maybe different tools she'd never done anything like it herself so we we got introduced we went to London we went through the accreditation and like many people including yourself Simon you know at that accreditation when you're produced with your profile and you can see the data that kind of validates the feedback feelings that you have about yourself that you, mm. you kind of know but you can't make sense of and I literally had that aha moment of wow this is why I'm I'm here this is why yeah. I've moved away from my career in HR and wanted to move towards learning and development more transformational you know work and you mm. know push things forward and uh, look at new ideas and possibilities it was there in my report and I couldn't believe it really and it just got me thinking it and at the same time Christina was saying as a teacher oh this would be really useful if uh, if I knew this about my students and yeah. at that time I said wow could we do something in education? And I think Nathan and John at the time, you know, were, you know, we obviously the accreditation was for businesses and organizations and said, look, you know, go, go, go out and, and see, see what happens. And so I did. I've literally turned my back a little bit on my HR consultancy, although this was kind of exactly that, you know, transformational HR and learning and development. I took it to my son's school down in Dorset in the south uh, coast of the UK and introduced it to uh, a new, actually six months into his term at this uh, school. And he had some issues with his senior team and we used the GC index with the intention of sort of using it with the with the young people but not knowing how and it yeah. was amazing so helpful for his team him as a head teacher and his his team you know his senior management team and then we basically started you know trialing up trialing it with young people as it was you know the GC index Work, worked with teachers to sort of change you know how we are asked the questions because obviously mm. 
we had to make it more relevant to, to young to young people answering the questions so we gave examples and then before we know it we, before we knew it sorry we had a young person's version of the GC index that was accessible to young people but not just accessible in terms of they could do it and understand the questions when they had their their profile reports and they were reading through them i couldn't believe that the young people who were at year seven at that time so in the uk that's around 12 years old 13 and they were able to understand the terminology in in you know in terms yeah. of you know the proclivities they're five different types and i was astonished and absolutely excited because i thought this is incredible. We we can we can we could use this profile, but we could also embed it into frameworks and careers and use it as a way of making sure that those young individuals that may not feel that they're really strong academically, you know, they can look at this profile, the Young People Index, and look at their strength and what they're good at in a very different way, a very very different lens. And so that was kind of how it started, and that was the very first, you know. That was a very beginning, and that was seven years ago, which seems crazy. Seven years! Wow, I didn't realise it's been that long. That's great. Yeah, so yeah. really, really exciting time. So, for you, what do you feel has been the, you know, some of the biggest breakthroughs as the Young People Index has evolved over the last few years? Then, what, where do you see it really working and 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 supporting people? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think. You know, it took a, it took quite a while, I think, to get off the ground in terms of testing it. You know, it's really important to make sure that you know it's accurate. We could validate it. We could retest it. So, mm. in the early days, it was about sort of going out and doing that. But actually, as we sort of as things sort of evolved, and I had more conversations with schools because other than going through school myself, my my background is not in education. So I was still yeah. learning how schools, how students, you know, how teachers teach, how students learn and how this could be embedded into the framework. And what came of that was actually how do we embed this insight, the profile insight that the individual students get into programmes where you know, we can make much more sense of it in terms of making it relevant to the business world, the, the transition mm. from education and into business. So for me, the, the way in which we did that was to put a programme of workshops together and embedded that into the career framework um, with yeah. the help of the careers and enterprise company, looking at the Gatsby benchmarks, we were able to sort of really pinpoint, okay, well, actually, where does the Young People Index help achieve help a school achieve the Gatsby benchmarks and so it became part of an embedded framework and you know the the profile itself could fit nicely into, into that so that for me was the the biggest thing was how we were able to sort of embed it into something that already existed but make it better and make it more yeah. personalized and that's you know that's ongoing and constantly evolving even now. I'm smiling because I, your description there was a perfect representation if you like of of what I know to be your proclivities. So, um, <laughs> yes. what, for the listeners, tell them how you put your proclivities to work every every day, if you like, with this project. Yeah, it's really again really interesting to, when you look back at what your own GC index profile is, and then mm. map it onto the, the the work that you love and enjoy, and and you have the most impact. And and for me, when I went to the accreditation, looked at my report, was able to look back and and see why I enjoyed things and why I didn't enjoy certain environments and certain teams and things like that. When we relate it back to my work with the Young People Index, I was able to 
see quite clearly because I've got a high strategist, so nine strategy, started so a seven game changer. So you can see that my natural inclinations are to always be searching for new ideas, creative ideas, and then then sort of mapping them and framing them to make Mm -hmm. sense so we can deliver them. And that's exactly what happened with with the Young People Index was I saw a great opportunity through just my experience of going through school but then seeing, well, actually, we could really put this in into place in terms of the framework in, and career guidance frameworks in schools. And that strategist really kicked in because I was able to almost take all of that detail over a, f- a few years, two or three years, I would, I would say that it took, gleaming as much information as I could and then to put these programmes together. And it worked beautifully in, in, in many ways that I could, you know, take something that already existed and see other possibilities with it. So it, it worked in, in harmony, you know, getting that off the ground for sure, yeah. for absolute sure. And it's making such a big impact, as I said. I mean, I, I've seen it in action with, with some of the young people I've taken through it. And I know from the stories that are coming through of the different schools that are picking this up, what's the, what's the future for the Young People Index from, from your perspective? Yeah, I think from my perspective, of course, I'm going to say endless possibilities, <laughs> which, of course, is in line with how I, how I think and, and what I believe the, the Young People Index will become, that it has got. So, you know, the Young People Index is, is providing data and data to schools, data to students, data to parents, which is ultimately helping young people make better informed choices about their futures because it provides them with insight about themselves and raises their self-awareness and their confidence. And that in itself is transformational for, for individuals, for, for teachers, for schools. I feel that where it will end up is that schools, and we're starting to see this already, is that schools will become partners. They will embed it as part of their frameworks, um, as part of their career frameworks, and that every young person will have the opportunity at the right time, at the right age, which I believe is probably when they're taking their GCSEs in the UK or, you know, at a time if they're overseas, it's probably around 14, 15 where they're making choices yeah. about the future. And then they're able to take it every year and see that sort of development piece um, mm. until they leave school. And, we, and we're preparing them through that series of workshops that they feel very confident about articulating who they are, where their strengths are and where they can have the biggest impact. So I think whole schools embedding it is is where it will where it will be. That's, Magic. that's the plan. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what about what about Helen Rivera? What's next for you? Have you got your eye on some more new projects and more exciting um, innovations what what is well, it for you no and and what what's really interesting is obviously getting the young people index off the ground in those initial few years was super exciting and you know just sort of you know endless obsession really with with getting it to, to where it is and I think now things have settled in in a way because what I get involved with now is much more of the accreditation process so taking other people that are equally as passionate about helping the younger generation and I take them through the process of getting them trained to use the the young people index in schools or as part of their business consultancy or you know part of charities you know that there's a multitude of people coming through and actually what I realize is that I'm able to discuss new ideas and possibilities with them which really kind of taps into not having to put a lid on sort of my creativity and and endless mm-hmm. of opportunities I'm able to do it with them through a collaboration and so that's where I'm 
I guess all of that really is is where I'm at at the moment and that is feel is such a great feeling because it's not just me that had that feeling of wanting to do something for young people we're having so many different individuals coming through the accreditation process that want to make a real change um, yeah. and I love hearing their stories and love hearing about what they're doing I love that because there's an old saying about leadership it's not how much you can do it's how much you can influence yeah. and you know through those accreditations and through those that support you're giving people as they come up with creative ways of using it in their environments yeah. that's you're influencing much more widely than you would do just out there knocking on the doors of schools exactly. so fantastic exactly. And it's, yeah, and, and it's through that community of people that are like-minded, want to make a change, yeah. understand that, you know, schools are doing their best, but they we need more help and support. And how can we do that? And, and we're seeing all sorts, like I said earlier, you know, people coming through from very different backgrounds with a real interesting, innovative way of helping shape where the Young People Index could help in any which way, entrepreneurship, people focusing on, you know, values, organisational values confidence communication lots of different things so yeah it's very it's very exciting time for me personally but for for the young people index and for those going through you know it themselves as young people i can hear your excitement it's, it's palpable helen i'm no doubt you would have inspired some people with that explanation and that story that you've told there about the the origin of the of the young people index so if somebody listening wants to know more where where can they go yeah, absolutely. Um, so there is uh, the website. So that is theyoungpeopleindex.com. Uh, and that gives a really sort of good, uh, well, it, it provides you with all of the information that you need in terms of whether or not you're, you're a young person, a school, you know, management team, sports team, so they can go there and then they can request any more details on there through through an online form. So that's probably the best the best way to, to find out a bit more. Brilliant. Thank you, Helen. That was absolutely fantastic. And I loved hearing the story. And I also loved hearing that you started life as a as an air stewardess. I didn't know that bit. I thought I knew most things about you. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Helen, the most important question of the of the whole podcast is the final one, which is what record, what track would you like to add to the Leading the Field um, playlist? So this is quite a recent one. And I'm going to find it hard to find the ne- the name so the, the the artist is an is a new relatively new female dj jada j she's got a, mm. a new song out at the moment and if you're going to ask me for the song i'm not going to have the name of the song uh, <laughs> she's absolutely brilliant and i have it on in the car when it's you know just needing an uplifting sort of song really sort of joyous and yeah it's, it's a brilliant one but a, a new one not an old classic it's a it's a new it's a new song so that's probably my number one at the moment Fantastic. Well, I will offline. We'll we'll work out what one that is, and we'll add it add it to the playlist. So, yeah, so thank you, thank you for that, Helen. Oh, it's so Listen, lovely to see you. Yeah, what a, what a lovely guest, and thank you for that. Keep in touch and let us know. You know, come back and tell us next year maybe what's what's going on with the Young People Index and where you've got to, and and what's the next part of the story. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait, and yeah, who knows where we'll be in a year's time. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks, Helen. Bye. That was Helen Rivero, my absolutely wonderful guest here on Leading the Field. We'll be back next time with another insight from someone who also is out there making a difference in that space of leading in their own field, in their own area. So thanks for listening. 
leave some comments, share this podcast out with as, as many people as possible so we can get the message out there of just how important the Young People Index is and how much of an impact it's making. And I'll see you again next week. Take care.